Well, I've got a confession for you today. I was actually struggling to write this message today. Uh, there was this influx of thoughts and ideas, but nothing that really felt appropriate or grounded for me. But then, as the Holy Spirit tends to have it, this past week I, I got to go to my ordination retreat. Ordination, for those of you that for those of you who might not know, is a rite of passage for dedicating and commissioning pastors to be well pastors. For us, it's, it's this two-year journey where we read books, write papers, go on retreats and study scripture. We sit in lectures on theology all day long, learning about God and the whole narrative of the Bible. Well, this past week, I was at my third of four retreats for ordination. And as we sat down getting ready for our teacher to start teaching, I could feel this anxiety starting to rise within me, thinking about how the sermon wasn't coming along. And then, lo and behold, what is the topic of the teacher that we're going to be learning about for this retreat? Well, it's on the Holy Spirit. But not only was he teaching on the Holy Spirit, he began to walk us through passages in John about the Holy Spirit. And as I sat there taking in all he was teaching, I actually couldn't help but just be amazed and think about how God just works in these moments and how he was revealing things to each of us. Well, why are these two things so amazing? Well, first, well, we've been journeying through a series this la these last few weeks on the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And today, we're going to explore how the Holy Spirit is a teacher to us, what the Holy Spirit might reveal to us, and how he might learn, how we might actually learn about it. Why else was this moment at my retreat so amazing? Well, the passage we spent some time reflecting on in class was John 14, 26. And guess what? What is our passage for today? John 14, 26. So let me read the passage and then I'll pray for us. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Let's pray. God, you're always working in both big ways and little ways. Prepare our hearts today so that we may receive what you have to offer us. In your name, amen. So let me set the scene for us in this passage. At this point in the book of John, Jesus and his friends have just finished their last meal together, this last supper. The disciples don't fully understand what's going to happen, but Jesus is, is getting ready to leave his friends. And so in John 14, Jesus begins to share important reminders and information so that the disciples won't be discouraged by his departure, by Jesus's departure. But be prepared for what is to come. Jesus tells them that he will send someone in his name whom he calls the advocate or the helper. Well, in the Greek, this word paraclete uh, really means a number of things. I love words and their meanings. So I thought that this might be a helpful place and a helpful word for us to maybe dissect a little bit today. This term paraclete appears five times in scripture, and four of those times are said by Jesus on this night before crucifixion. 
Its direct translation in the Greek means a strong person called in to help. From this definition, we can see that the Holy Spirit, this paraclete, is one, a person. He is one of the persons of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a force, but a person. One friend of mine actually likes to call him George. So whether or not you think that that might be appropriate if you want to name the Holy Spirit, you're more than welcome to. And they do this just to help remember that the Holy Spirit is one of the three persons in this one being called God. And when we look at a couple of scriptures in, in the Bible, we can see that the Holy Spirit is actually characterized as a person because of the pronoun he that is used. And so we'll look at John 15, 26. We read this, when the paraclete, or advocate or helper, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And then in John 16, we read, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the paraclete, or advocate or helper, will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So that's number one, a person. Number two, called in. The Holy Spirit is asked to come. But he's not just asked to come. He's actually sent out from God. And so in this John 14 passage here, we see that Jesus says, Whom the Father will send in my name. The Holy Spirit didn't come on his own. His, as Jesus would leave being present in the world, Jesus chose actually to send the Holy Spirit as his representative to the world from the Father showing that the paraclete is actually quite intimately related to God the Father and God the Son. And then there's the third part of this, to help. The Holy Spirit is sent to help. This word paraclete can actually be translated a couple more ways. And in this way, you can actually understand that it's translated to mean advocate, comforter, counselor, or helper. The Spirit of God is so deeply relational that he chooses to help. That he sends this Holy Spirit to help. So the Holy Spirit, he helps. He's meant to help us, to help draw us to Jesus, to help reveal more of God to us, and well, to help us, to help teach us. This paraclete, this Holy Spirit, this George, if you will, has been sent by God the Father, through God the Son, to the world, to teach us. And not just about a couple of things, but what it says is teach all things. Now, does that mean that with the Holy Spirit, we as humans can know like all things in existence? We can know how to uh, renovate toilets and bedrooms. We know about neuroscience and biology, and we know all of these things in our own selves. The unfortunate answer is, is actually no. What the all things here is referring to is all things about Christ's person and work. The Spirit will teach us of who Jesus is 
and reveal more of Jesus to us. I can't help but think about teachers because of this. In order for their teaching to be effective, to have an impact or be influential, first of all, they need to have students. And those students, well, they need to be willing to listen attentively and to trust their teacher. They have to want to learn in order for the teacher to be able to teach. I think that's just as important here when we look at the scripture. In order for the Holy Spirit to teach us all things, we have to be students who are willing to learn. We have to be students who trust in our teacher, who will choose to study and who will listen attentively. I don't know about you, but I, I, I love learning things. My family loves to joke that I am a forever student because I'm always learning, always taking some kind of class just to learn either a new skill or a new concept or some ideology. And whenever my family makes their jokes, I love to joke back Henry Ford's quote, says, anyone who stops learning is old, <laughs> whether at 20 or 80. Anyone who keeps learning stays young. That's a helpful reminder for me that we should never stop learning. Never stop learning about ourselves. Never stop learning about each other. Never stop learning about our world. Never stop learning about God. So if you're maybe spent the last few years looking for that elixir of youth, maybe this could be a helpful pitch for you. I say just keep learning and you'll be young forever. Even the disciples were students of Jesus. Jesus was their teacher, and they were his followers. They'd listened to him, and they trusted him. They were learners. And as Christians, we are people who follow Jesus as well. We trust in him. We're also called disciples, which means that we, too, must be learners, seeking to learn about the one we have chosen to follow. Jesus. So when I think about that line, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things, I believe it means that we have to be lifelong learners, lifelong students. We have to have some form of, of curiosity about Jesus and of God. And I believe as we hold that posture of curiosity, of openness, of learning, the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to us the one who called in the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. He will reveal truths that will help us learn more about who we have been created to be and who God is. The best teachers I know don't just pass on information. They're very skillful about like forming the little ones or students of any sort. And they help form these students by offering ways for that learner to maybe better understand themselves, to better understand the topic, to inspire and encourage that deeper passion. I don't know if, if you have any teachers in your life that have been influential and have had an impact, but I'll tell you about one of mine. The summer going into grade nine, all the students at my school, had, uh, we'd always have to pick between music class and art class because they both occurred at the same time in our schedule. And so when it was my turn, I got to grade nine, 
I was struggling. I liked both music and art, and I felt this inner turmoil, and I don't know if you remember that age, but like, this was a big deal. This could have like changed the trajectory of my whole future if I didn't pick the right class. And so I was dreading this thing inside, and it was building, but I had to make a decision. And so I ended up choosing art class. If you know me, I love to sing, I love music. Art was the place that I wanted to go. And so as much as I enjoyed music, Art was more intriguing. It was a place that I didn't know much about. I wanted to learn, I wanted to grow, I wanted to learn how to draw and paint and sculpt. I wanted to learn about art history and textures. I wanted to learn about painting expressions. And I was excited, I had made my choice. Well, the first day of art class came and I walked in with all of my books in my hands, my backpack filled with art supplies like pencils and watercolors and paintbrushes and sculpting gear, and I was ready to learn. But as I was sitting down in my chair, Mrs. Tannehill, I'll never forget her name, my art teacher looks at me with a surprised face. He goes, Nathan, what are you doing in this class? So I responded with Oh, oh, I decided to, uh, to take art instead of music. And Mrs. Tannehill paused and kept staring at me. No, 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 you're actually supposed to be in music class, which greatly confused me. And she, go, she keeps going and she's like, Mrs. Marinick, who is my music teacher, saw that you chose art. She wasn't happy about that. She was adamant that you be in music, so we swapped you out of art and put you in music class. Uh-huh, that. That reaction felt inside. In that moment, I had no clue what was going on. I'm in, in grade nine. Everything's a mess. Emotions and hormones are going crazy. And I didn't know what was happening. I couldn't understand, firstly, why my teachers changed my own decision. They didn't know me. They didn't know what I wanted or needed. But they were choosing my future path and didn't even talk to me about it. I was like, what the heck is going on? But as a good kid, I got up from my chair with a little bit of shame and begrudgingly walked across the hall to the music class, all to see Mrs. Marinick with this bright smile and a warm welcome of me into the space. And for almost six months, I was unhappy. I was holding that anger inside. And I was hating that I was being forced into music. But as I let the anger dissipate, as I let the anger wear off, I began to open myself up in a different way. As I began to listen and trust her again, I began to let Mrs. Marinick teach, to teach me. She saw something in me and helped me reveal more of who I am and how I was created. It was with her passion of music that brought things to life for me. She helped me realize that music was not just another thing that I did, but was deeply part of me, was intertwined with who I was, and without her guidance, her voice, her revealing of what was inside, without her helping shape my passion, I actually don't know where I would be today. It's because of her that allowed me to embrace my love for music and for singing. I think we can often be close to what the Holy Spirit is trying to show us. 
be close to the truth, or even what he's wanting to reveal to us. Trust me, some of us might not be ready to hear or embrace the thought. Some of us might not be ready to accept what the Spirit is drawing us towards. Some of us might actually be afraid to step into it. And there's also probably some of us that don't even know what is really going on and what it even means. But the Holy Spirit knows. He knows. And he will help Watchman Nee is a Chinese pastor and teacher, and he says this, the indwelling spirit shall teach him what is of God and what is not. This is why sometimes we can conjure up no logical reason for opposing a certain teaching, yet in the very depth of our being arises a resistance. The spirit knows how to help direct our focus to Jesus what we should resist, and what we need. He knows how to reveal God to us, how to inspire us to go deeper in our passion with him. If Jesus is this great teacher, well then the Holy Spirit proceeds and continues to reveal to us and teach us all the things about Jesus and about God. If you choose to trust in Jesus, that he is the best for you, if you choose to listen for Jesus, then you allow for the Spirit to teach you all things. As amazing as that sounds, and as inspiring as that might sound, as much as I want that, let's be honest, I can't help but think that in some regard, this is easier said than done, right? What does it mean to really listen to the Holy Spirit? What does he communicate? How does he communicate? Do you hear a voice? Do you see something? Is it a feeling? And if those are some of the ways that are often articulated around listening to him, then I guess the next sensible question is, how do we know when it's the Holy Spirit teaching us and not our own selves or someone else? The questions can start funneling doubt. They can start confusing us a little bit. It can disorient us from all the teaching about Jesus. And amidst that, maybe some or many or of the concerns or questions that would be coming up, maybe in this last section of our verse, it can offer up a helpful answer. So let's just jump back to John 14, 26. But the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Remind you. He will remind you. The Holy Spirit not only is going to teach us all things about Jesus and God, but is also will remind us everything Jesus has said He will help bring our attention to Jesus. And with that focus, our eyes will be drawn to the focus of God, to revel and be invigorated by his presence, to feel God's love, God's mercy, God's grace. If we were to look again at that second line and maybe slightly rewrite it, the Holy Spirit is sent by the Father through Jesus to us, the people of God. Which means, as we live with the Spirit within us, 
We are connected with God through Jesus, the one who saved us. The joy of this Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, is that we cannot fully comprehend the awe and wonder and the totality of who God is. It's incomparable to us. We don't understand all that he's capable of doing for us and with us. So I guess it only makes sense that when we talk about these things, that he may speak and teach in ways that are not the same for each one of us. We all learn differently. Pedagogy is understood as the approach to teaching. It's the theory and practice of learning and how this process influences and is influenced by the social, political, and psychological development of learners, which is a lot of words. Really, it means we all learn differently. Uh, if how we all learn is different, it's the big thing, then God is probably well-equipped, being as large as he is and as incomparable to us as he is, well-equipped to teach us and reveal himself to us through the Holy Spirit in many different ways. I've had the privilege to be able to journey with so many of these types of learners. I've recognized that God reveals himself in whatever way he best sees fit that helps the learner to be more attentive to him. For example, my dad, ever since I was a child, would always say, if I hear the same words from three different people, I will know that the Holy Spirit is moving. I'm like, cool. A good friend says God communicates with him through images and symbols. My aunt knew God was talking to her in her dreams. Another has words that come to their mind and they speak it out loud. Someone else feels chills upon their skin. And over the years, as I've practiced to listen to God, to the Holy Spirit with my spiritual director, I've recognized that I just feel this little pulse under my ribcage, which is often the sign for me to remember Ah, the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate. He's trying to reveal something to me right now. These are all beautiful ways that the Holy Spirit is moving, working within us, within us as a community. And they're all unique to who we have been created to be, each of us, individuals. And it's amazing. But as we look at that line in John 14, we'll remind you of everything I have said to you. Oh, this is, this is Jesus speaking. The Holy Spirit will remind us of everything Jesus has said. Now, Jesus is saying these words directly to the disciples, which means he's telling them. Hey, Holy Spirit, will teach you, oh, sorry, hey, the Holy Spirit, helpful uh, article, the Holy Spirit will teach you the things that you do not understand yet because I'm still here, and also the Holy Spirit, the one I'm sending to you once I leave, will help you remember all the words, all the stories, all the parables, all the teachings that I have shared with you, my disciples. Jesus was sending this paraclete who was meant to help the disciples understand and recall everything. 
Inevitably, these disciples wrote down their stories of Jesus. They remembered Jesus' teachings. The Holy Spirit revealed a deeper understanding for them to write. All of Scripture is breathed by God, by the Holy Spirit, and it is the Holy Spirit that we can be reminded and know and taught and learn all about Jesus. We've been given a gift from God through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. And that's this our Bible, our scriptures. Scriptures have the teachings of Jesus. And as we choose to sit in it, reflect in it, take it in, study it, I believe we will begin to know when the Holy Spirit is teaching us, as opposed to when it might be someone else. Scripture draws us to Jesus. Scripture reminds us of, of Jesus' words. Scripture tells us of the story of why and how God loves us. In order for us to learn to be these disciples, we need to listen attentively and trust our teacher. We have to read and digest and experience God, Jesus, Holy Spirit through these scriptures. We can ask questions and study more. We get to be curious and explore more and sit in the wonder and awe of the Holy Spirit as he continues to reveal Jesus to us. I believe that one of the best ways that we can learn from the Holy Spirit is his purpose to draw our focus to him, to Jesus, by sitting in scripture. I also believe that as a church community, as we gather here, we get to learn how to practice these things in a helpful way in the moment in this space. So I'm going to ask for a little favor. I would love if we could maybe just take a moment to rest and see if we can have a dialogue with the Holy Spirit and with God. There's this monastic practice, a spiritual reading, meditation, and prayer that we often practice here at 10th and within our staff culture called the Lectio Divina. We read a passage multiple times, and each time we pay attention to a word or phrase that is coming up for us. We reflect on it. We sit in it. Sometimes there isn't a word that really sticks out clearly. That's okay. Don't be discouraged. Just keep sitting in it. As we continue to reflect on the words, as we continue to read the passages a few more times, we get to sit in those words that come up for us. And after that, we get to offer a response, a prayer to God. And then after our prayers, we get to sit and rest in silence for a moment. So let me invite you to sit in a comfortable posture as we take a moment to just listen today. Feel free to close your eyes if you would like. The passage will be on the screen so you can also look there when I read it. Just take a deep breath. Just to center yourself. We'll read the passage three times. The first time, just listen with your ears and your mind. 
be in tune with the words. I'll give instructions for the other two later. But this time, just listen and be still. From John 16, 12 to 15. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Let's just pause for a moment and sit in those words. read this again. This time, see if there's a word or a phrase that's coming up for you. And if a word sticks out, just let that phrase stay in your mind. Sit with it, chew on it, reflect on it, meditate. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. If there was a word or a phrase, we'll take another moment. Just sit. Let me read this passage one last time and continue to sit in that word or phrase. Maybe see if there's something else that's coming up for you. See what else it may connect you to. 
but continue to just reflect on the words. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Let's just take another moment and pause. Reflecting on those words. And as we get to Reflect on those words. Let's take a couple of seconds to just offer this as a response back to God, as a prayer. And lastly, we'll take a moment to just rest in silence in his word. Holy Spirit, we know that you are at work in this place. We know you, that you teach us all things and reveal Jesus to us as we sit here. May you take our prayers and remind us to direct our attention to you.